Uh, what a good morning so far. So I'm so blessed to be able to run with amazing people with Marguerite and Dave. Aren't they amazing? They're such treasures in this place. Um, just a reminder, next week is our influencer lunch. So anybody here at the mission that has served over this last year, we'd love to invite you to come out next um, Sunday, right after service, we're going to have lunch for you guys and just have a good time and celebrate you. So come next Sunday hungry and ready to eat. We'll be over in the gym afterwards doing that. And then next week we get to celebrate with Phyllis Miller with her new book that just came out. She's going to be doing a book signing next week. So you don't want to miss that. We'll have her come up and share a little bit next week about her book and, and how amazing it is because it is awesome. So you don't want to miss that. We'll have the signing after service tomorrow or tomorrow, next week. All right. How many of you guys did good on fantasy on Thursday? No, you didn't? I did amazing. I just, except for Swift got hurt. That, that, that didn't go over well or else I would have had... No, outstanding day. I mean, I did get to hang out with my family and have turkey and all that. That was good, too. But when you get to win at fantasy, it's just, especially when you're going against Drake, it's always fun. Well, if you got your Bibles, open up to Matthew 8. We're going to be in Matthew 8 today. Uh, verse 10. <clears throat> When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with with such great faith. I think it's probably important to notice when when Jesus is amazed. You know, as we read the Bible, sometimes we just skip over things and don't really realize the impact of what's happening. It says, Jesus was amazed. The God that created the universe, created you and me, created all the animals, all the systems. You know, just think about it. What it takes for a tree to grow. God figured it out and created it. Yet, Jesus says, says that he was amazed by somebody. And they were he was amazed by the greatness of his faith. So how many think that's probably something we need to pay attention to? So today I want to talk a little bit on great faith. What was Jesus so amazed about? So that's what we're gonna do today. Alright, is that sound good? Probably important for us. So let's bounce back to verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Oh, my, I am sorry. My tablet's having issues. It just deleted half the scripture. So let me look it up real quick. See, this is why I have the Bible up here, just in case my iPad goes haywire. Matthew 
That is really weird. But we're, let me get to eight. Sorry about that. There it is. All right. <clears throat> Let's start this over. Let's just pretend that didn't happen. Here we go. Verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not serve, deserve to have you come under my roof, but just... Say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I, am a self, for I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed <clears throat> and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. So here's this man coming to him. His servants needs healing. And he comes to Jesus and he says, will you heal him? And Jesus asks him an interesting question. Jesus says, shall I come? Now, if I'm this guy and I've traveled to somebody that I think can heal the person I want healed... I think my response would have been yes. I think that's what would have been probably all of our response. When you are desperate for someone to be healed and you go to the person that you think could heal them and they say, do you want me to come? You're going to say yes, right? That would have been a little bit more normal. Say yes, yes, I want you to come. Please come, heal them. But the centurion doesn't answer that way. He starts talking about authority. And how he understands authority. He doesn't say yes. He doesn't say yes, please come. But he answers with, I know you have the authority over sickness. I know you have authority over disease. So all you have to do is say the word. Because he was a military man. He understood orders. He understood if... The person that is in charge of me gives me an order. All I have to do is follow it. Right? How many of those have served in the military? So you've had to follow a lot of orders. Right? You don't always understand them. But you've got to follow the orders. And the centurion is saying, no, you don't have to come. You have the authority just to say, for it to be done. And when he says, you just have the authority, Jesus' response was, oh, I haven't seen this great of faith in all of Israel. Now, you have to understand, if you don't know the time period of this, Israel was ruled by Rome, right? And a centurion is a Roman soldier, who was operating over Israel. Israel did not like the Romans, if you didn't know that. 
They didn't really care much for them. They especially didn't care for a soldier. Because a soldier could actually require them to carry all their stuff for a mile. That they were able to basically do whatever they wanted. And Israel didn't have much of a choice. And yet Jesus makes sure and gathers all his people that are following him. And say, hey, pay attention to this. This man has the greatest faith in all of Israel. The person they loathe the most. Jesus is saying he has the greatest faith in all of Israel. How do you think that made everyone feel? Probably not great. If the person you hate, and Jesus is saying, hey, he's the greatest... There's nobody else, no Israelite has great faith like this one. I think they were a little offended. Right? You think that's probably a pretty easy stretch there? He was offended. How many times has God tried to teach us something through somebody we're offended by? See, Jesus was trying to teach his disciples something here. He said he has the great, greatest faith in all of Israel. Why did he have the greatest faith? Because he believed what Jesus said. He believed if Jesus said something, it would be true. And it would happen. Because he understood authority. And I don't think we've realized how much our faith is tied to what we believe about authority. See, the centurion understood that Jesus had authority over sickness. He had authority over pain. He had authority over disease. And he didn't question it. He said, if you say it, it'll be so. So Jesus is trying to teach his disciples that faith requires that we understand authority. So let's see what the disciples did with this. In the same chapter, just a little bit later, this is verse 23. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. So you have to understand here, these men in the boat, these disciples, were used to the water. Right? We know some of them were fishermen. How many of you have ever known a real fisherman? Not, they're a little crazy, aren't they? Like the real fish, not the weekend warriors. I'm talking about the guys that go out in the ocean and do their business. They're a little crazy. My grandfather was a fisherman. He fished every summer up in Alaska and during the salmon runs. 
him and my grandma ran a, a fishing supply company, commercial fishing supply company. So in Moss Landing, so they're surrounded by fishermen. And we would go down there during the summer whenever we visit, and we would just hang out in the, the shop, and all these fishermen would come in. And these guys were, used very colorful language, was their standard, their standard. That's where it started, and then it got even more colorful. And they just looked a mess, because they were coming off the boats, they always had straggly beards because they'd been out fishing for weeks. But they were rough dudes that knew how to deal with weather. So these guys that are in the boat, they know how to deal with weather. So this wasn't just a little rocking of the boat. This was a huge storm. And Jesus, when he gets up, he's like, what are you afraid of? I think if I was on the boat, I'd be like, Jesus, are you serious? Like, do you not see what's going on here? Like, this is not just a normal storm. We're going to die. So why are you asking me what am I afraid of? And then Jesus says, you have little faith. And we know Jesus later says that faith the size of a mustard seed which is like one of the smallest seeds is enough to move a mountain. So Jesus is saying, hey, you have little faith, which means it was smaller than a mustard seed, which basically means you have no faith. <laughs> like you have little faith. And they just experienced him saying to someone, they have the greatest faith in all of Israel. What didn't the disciples learn. So you have to go back a couple verses. This was 23. It says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. The disciples were just in an environment where a centurion said, if you give me the order... It'll be done. My servant will be healed if you just give the order. And then Jesus takes his disciples and he says, he orders them. I think it's an interesting word here that, that Matthew uses. It's a military term. He orders them. It doesn't say he politely asks them, can we go to the other side? He says it, he ordered them to go to the other side. Why would he do that? He wants to know, did they learn the lesson? Did they learn that when I order something, when I say something, it's going to get done? So when they're in the boat and the waves are going crazy and they think they're going to die, Jesus gets up and says, you have little faith. He's saying... I said we're going to the other side. He gave orders, we're going to the other side. So why are you afraid to die? The centurion understood this. I think if the centurion was in the boat, he would be sleeping with Jesus. Because Jesus said we're going to the other side. But the disciples let, I think they let their 
offense of who Jesus said was the greatest. Keep them from learning that when Jesus gives an order, it's going to come true. And how many times in our lives we allow things we don't understand or people we don't understand for us not to learn a lesson Jesus is trying to teach us. See, you can get offended by anybody. We all know that, right? After the last few years, I think we've all learned the lesson. You can be offended by anything and anybody. But the question as kingdom people, are we going to let that get in our way? Are we going to learn what Jesus is trying to teach us? See, the disciples could have been sleeping on the boat too. But they chose to be operate in fear instead of faith. They could have had faith that if Jesus says we're getting to the other side, we're getting to the other side. No matter what we come up against. And they didn't quite learn this yet. I actually looked up the, the meaning of what little faith means. And if I can find it in my notes, because it almost looks like it disappeared too. But it means having no... Here it is. The disciples were... It means that... The, la, 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 la. It did actually erase it, but I can find parts of it. It means lacking confidence or trusting too little is what that word means. Lacking confidence and trusting too little. What Jesus was saying is you lack confidence in me. The problem because they had little faith was because they lacked confidence in Jesus. And how many times in our lives do we just simply lack confidence in Jesus? The centurion understood it. He had full confidence in Jesus that he was a man of authority. But the disciples hadn't learned that lesson yet because they had more confidence in the storm than they did in Jesus. And if we're going to be people of the kingdom that have impact around in our world, we have to have full confidence in Jesus, not in the storm. Because we're always going to have storms. So are we going to have confidence in Jesus or are we going to have confidence in the storm that it's going to kill us? And the disciples had more confidence in the storm than the orders that Jesus gave. So what are we going to do today? How are we going to live our lives today? In confidence with Jesus or confidence in the storm? Because it's one of the two. Are we going to be the type of followers of Jesus that are going to be like the centurion who has great faith? Or are we going to be like the disciples that had little faith? Now, eventually, the disciples learn this lesson. Because they stopped being known as the disciples with little faith. And they became known as the people that came to our town that turned the world upside down. So even if you've had those moments of little faith, which we all have... The disciples figured it out. They finally had confidence in Jesus. And they were able to turn their world upside down. 
because they finally started believing what Jesus said he would do. He told the disciples before he left, go, do the stuff, and make disciples. And the disciples actually had the audacity to believe him. They finally had the audacity to actually believe him when he said, go, and you'll do all this. And because you do these things, you'll have disciples. They finally caught it. They finally had confidence in Jesus' word and not the storm. Because we know they faced way more storms after Jesus left than they did before. But the thing that changed, they started understanding authority. They started understanding Jesus' authority, that he has authority over everything. And today, I think, as we kind of wrap up this year over the next few weeks, Jesus is asking, who are you going to have confidence in going into this new year? Are you going to have confidence in the systems of this world? Are you going to have confidence in the storm that's going around you? Or are you going to have confidence in me? Because that's the difference between great faith and little faith, is who's your confidence in. If I can have the band come on up. I really think this is a bigger issue than we think it is. See, Jesus, to me, in this, with this issue, wasn't very nice. He was always kind, but he wasn't always nice. See, he called the centurion the greatest, the one that had the greatest faith. But when his disciples were challenged, he called them people of little faith. That is not a nice thing to say, right? That is not a nice thing to say to somebody. Hey, you guys suck right now. It's basically what he's saying. Like, you guys are, I can't believe I'm even in the same boat with you. It would have been better if I just walked across the water. You know, like, this wasn't a nice thing to say. Because he just said someone that wasn't of their own. Someone they hated was the greatest. And now he's saying, you are the worst at this. But Jesus is inviting us into a journey. So that's why one of the many things I love about Jesus. He doesn't mind offending us so that we can go on a journey with him. See, he was inviting the disciples to go on a journey with him to learn how to be great faith people. People of faith. And it's about where do you have confidence? Who do you have confidence in? That's how we get great faith. Is by having confidence in him. So we sang this song today. God of revival. And it hit me. Do we actually really believe what we're singing? Why don't you guys stand with me? The words are, we've seen what you can do, O God of wonders. Your power has no end. 
the things you've been you've done before is greater measure will you do it again because there's no prison wall you can't break through no mountain you can't move all things are possible there's no broken body you can't raise no soul that you can't save all things are possible things are possible we sang that this morning but do we actually have confidence in what we're singing? And that's what Jesus is asking us to go on a journey with him. Are you confident in me that I do have the authority over all these things? Will you have the faith to stand when I say go, even when there's storms? Will you have faith that all I have to say is go and they'll be healed? He's calling us into a greater realm of faith. And it really simply boils down, do we believe him or not? Do we believe in a Jesus that has authority over everything? let's just let's put our hands out and let's invite the Holy Spirit into a conversation with us right now just say Holy Spirit is there anything in me that I have more confidence in than I do in Jesus so just start having a conversation with the Holy Spirit is there anything in me that I put more confidence in than you? Is there a situation that I believe is more powerful than you? Is there a situation that I think that I actually believe that's more can do more damage than you can do more healing? lies have I believed that puts those situations above what you can do and what you've declared over my life so Holy Spirit come and reveal those things that we just need to lay down and have full confidence in you if I can have the ministry team come on up If you're going through a storm right now, Jesus is here in the boat with you. He's right with you. He's in the boat saying, everything's going to be okay. Just trust me. But I want to open these altars for those that are going through a storm right now. And you want somebody to pray with you. So you have a confidence in him and not the storm. That you need some confidence today. That you need the Holy Spirit to come into that situation and take authority. If that's you, I just invite you to come. We're going to sing this song. So why are we sing? Just come down. Let these people... 
pray with you and agree with you to have breakthrough in this area right now. If you have a storm in your life and you want prayer, come on down right now because God is in the room. Jesus is in the room. The one that calmed the storm by his word is in the room this morning. So I just invite you to come. with the Holy Spirit right now. But let's engage him right now in worship. Let's declare the things that are under his authority in our life. 